All right, welcome to Pass the Mic for March 5th, 2022. Mike Pihoti here in the world-famous Pass the Mic studios with my wonderful co-host, Mike Gervasi. How are you? Boom! <laughs> you see, you never know. That's the point. Go. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We hope everyone had a great week, a good, good fat Tuesday, and um, enjoyed their poonchkis or didn't enjoy their poonchkis. Speaking of that, any feedback from last week? Even at lunch today, people do not, they agree. Donuts from the chains are not good, so you, you seem to get a lot okay, of love on yep. that. Yes. Um, we did get some heat about, I don't know, some people saying that you know we're being fun governors about punchkis. They only get one day. Why are they overrated? And th- Again, we, for the people in the back, overrated doesn't mean bad. I don't, overrated they don't, bad. It's not like I took a bite of one last week and went like, oh, this is disgusting. Okay. It was actually good. My, like I said, my wife went out and got a half. By the way, my wife got a half dozen. I usually go out, I get a dozen. My wife put a cap on a half, and they somehow all disappear. So she actually probably did good for the household. That's very fitting of both of you. That makes total sense. So um, I took a bite of it. It was good. It didn't change my whole week again. And uh, I I think it fell there along the lines of just being a little overrated. Um, But that was some of the feedback. We got some, you know, Dave Anderson, uh, we got some nice feedback about what it was like an administrator, especially to the the talk about working on that level. I think a lot of people agree with both parents staff agree that's a tough job yes now what's interesting is i i have some friends one who is now an administrator of sorts on this text thread and we we've nicknamed him the suit um and so they asked me about the suit that that came on our show it's ironic because he was wearing jeans and i was the one dressed up oh yeah that's right you know so in a literal sense i also want to give a shout out My, my sister just found out about the show and she drove to and from Chicago a couple of times. She listened to has listened to every episode now oh, and nice. did so like in uh, the round trip. Oh, she uh, what, binge binge yes, listen binge listen. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, that's, well, thank you to your sister. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, Mr. Anderson does have a signed copy of uh, Michael oh, Phelps okay. that will be going up on the wall. I it bounces back to me now oh, for so a exciting. Michael. Yes, it is. So our next Michael and we are. Is this going to be our first? Uh, fictitious Michael on the wall. I I think we're looking at that, right? We have we these are all real Michaels yeah, or a last name with Michael, right? We sort of snuck yeah, Al Michaels yeah. in. So yeah, no, no, this is a real name. I'm sorry, I'm not. This is oh, you're right. This right. is yes, real I'm, name. I'm, I'm mixing up because I'm looking at his character. Yes. Uh, so mine is a local guy. I didn't know that. I did not. I really didn't know it either until I started looking up. And uh, as as any good show prep, we do some research. Um, this. Um, gentleman was born in Detroit, uh, local. He went to U of D Jesuit High School, not U of D the college. U of D Jesuit High School did his college outside of Michigan. Um, and as we've know, as we've hinted in the past, um, I'm a big Law and Order fan. Um, I wonder if Max Bailey has already guessed who this I'm Michael sure is. I'm sure he has. It is Michael Mortary. Um, okay. He is Ben Stone from. He was the original. When the show first started, he was the original um, assistant district attorney. Not, uh, you know, he was uh, the Jack McCoy of the show, um, and was on there for a long run. His they wrote his son in as a character in Law and Order SVU. He was also in um, uh, uh, the James Patterson book. Um, I think Along Came a Spider, the movie version with um, Morgan Freeman. He ah. was the senator whose daughter was kidnapped. Uh, so Michael Mordery, um, local guy. Irish, probably more than likely, right? I mean, we're guessing based upon last name, and yeah. that he went to uh, the Jesuit school, so Makes ties sense. ties in with St. Patrick's Day a little bit. So that is our Michael, and again, still not a fictitious Michael. We all have real Michael yeah. there. I misspoke. I'm sorry. His, his character that he's known for is Ben Stone. So that's my Michael for the week from the world of acting. So 
Speaking of March, not only is it uh, St. Patrick's Day, but uh, it is a big month for those of us here in the library industry. It is March's Reading Month, and I figured what better way to celebrate our education or honor our education topic that we normally do for the week than to talk about what our favorite books or book and author is or are. So it's going to be twofold. We want to know, I want to know that. And then I just want to talk to you about the importance that you hold as far as the, the importance of reading um, you yeah. hold because you are, we're both active readers. Right. I think I say we don't, we don't read just stuff that is presented to us here for work, whether it be, um, you know, pamphlets or newsletters. We both make it a habit of reading stuff, even though it's not for work, for, right. for entertainment or for knowledge outside of what is required for work. And I think mm-hmm. that's a commendable thing to do. I get it. Time is tough. It's a hard thing to squeeze in in this day and age when you got all the other media, you know, podcasts, TV, streaming. But to be able to tie in and still read books, I thought this would be a great thing to discuss and talk to. Um, well, look at that. We got with the, again. We had our window. It's like uh, uh, it's like window. Good Morning America. Uh, so, <laughs> um, all right. So why don't you kick us off? What do you want to start out with? Your favorite book and or author or both? Uh, yeah. So man, Mike, I had a hard time with this. I spent a lot of time trying to think of this. I, I, I want to give a few shouts out before I get to my book. Um, Michael Eric Dyson might be my favorite current author, also named Mike, obviously, and uh, also a Detroit guy. Could end up on the wall eventually. Could. Um, he writes so well and so engagingly. Um, I, there's a few others, I, a couple books that really changed me. Uh, Dostoevsky's, a little shout out to our old college professor, Walter Moss. We had him in common. Dr. Moss. Russian history. Yeah, Russian history. Uh, Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, that changed my life. All Quiet on the Western Front, Eric Marie Remarque, or Remark, I'm sorry, I'm trying to say that I researched this at the start of the show, how to pronounce his name. That that book was absolutely amazing. But I read a book this summer of 2020, and I'm going to plug this guy. He is a Dutch author by the name of Rutger Bregman. Um, and the book is Humankind, A Hopeful History. And, it you know, you think about the summer of 2020, you know, aside from, I, I mean, all of us got screwed that summer, so to speak. We had, we had COVID, uh, you know, the, the, Summer of George Floyd, lots of stuff going on, and I read this book, and it really just it, it gave me a. It, it's called a hopeful, hopeful, a hopeful history for a reason. Humankind, a hopeful history, and it brings up he brings up so many things in this book, including like Lord of the Flies. If any of you ever read that, great was, book. There was actually a real life scenario where that happened, but the outcome was much better. And so that book is probably the book that I think of that changed my life the most. So that's that's my favorite book. All right, excellent. My favorite book, I think I mentioned it before back when we talked about our favorite lessons, and since I taught English, it came up, and that, that is F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. Just as far as my favorite book, I loved reading it in school. I still read it every once in a while here and there. Um, I just think it's an outstanding book. But I like you said, I have there's other, there's other people I want to just uh, throw out there. I sort of mentioned um, James Patterson early in the um, – broadcast when we were talking about my mic of the yeah. week i read you know and he puts out books like a machine i don't know how he does it now mm-hmm. he and i really liked his alex cross novels that you know there's different you and you're sort of like the same way there's different modes when i'm into reading i always like to say i like to read at least one true crime book a year not because i'm like some crime junkie but just because i like the genre and it all goes back to truman capote's and cold blood which sort of birthed the genre which is a great book 
And I sort of like to do one just once a year, just in sort of tribute to that. Uh, Gatsby, like I said, is my all-time favorite. My two other big-time favorite authors, and one's really a playwright, so I hope I'm – can I slide that in? Are we yeah, okay? Well, yeah, so uh, John Steinbeck, uh, I, loved, I love his uh, Americana stuff. I love – you know, his famous novels, A Mice and Men and um, Grapes, Grapes of Wrath. Grapes, yeah. I mean, I did a whole unit when I was doing my student teaching on Grapes of Wrath. But I really loved a later work of his Travels with Charlie, which is basically a nonfiction piece of him traveling the country with his dog in a, in a trailer. Mm. And just the, his inner and, – and it always seemed to me like it would be a dream thing that I would love to do. <laughs> like just yeah. r- travel the country, just me and my dog, and write about it. Yeah. And it was like – and I read it. And it's not some literary masterpiece, but it's just – Steinbeck was always good about being really simple. Uh, so, you know, there's an author, Dale Maharaj is his name, that goes around with a photographer, Michael Williamson. They do the same thing. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it, it's so cool. Yeah. They write about it. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything doesn't have to be like change the world to right. me, to, you know. And then I, as I mentioned before, playwright, I love Tennessee Williams. Um, and when I taught English 11, that was the, my favorite part of besides Gatsby was we read um, the glass menagerie in class. Mm. Um, we, um, um, we would uh, watch um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which is one of my favorite films of all times. It sort of dances around the topics that Tennessee Williams would write about homosexuality because mm-hmm. it's an older film. Right. Uh, and you had to be careful in that era. But Paul Newman and Elizabeth Taylor, uh, it's just a, a great movie version. And I love plays. I love reading plays, and I love seeing them acted out. But I, those were plays that I actually, I actually enjoyed reading. Uh, and Tennessee Williams was just a masterful with language. His mm-hmm. his use of language is just amazing. Not to geek out here, right? But those were my um, things. And um, I guess I want to round about. You know, you know our favorites. I'd love to hear what other people say. What you know, everyone had. I hope you know most people. You know, and again, I get it. Not everyone's like us. Yeah. My wife hates to read. Mm-hmm. Ironically, you know that she's married to a librarian. I like we joke around. My daughter Chloe loves to mm-hmm. read. It's almost like Chloe tied in with me and my son Nate tied in with yeah. my wife. And I get it. I'm not. I, I get it. It, it, it. You have to. But part of it is me as a librarian. I really believe this. What sort of hinders the love of reading is forced reading and yes. forced titles. Yes. And I've done the. I don't mean to drop. Oh I've done boy, the, here we go. I've done don't some. I've done some research. What does the data say about the, it? Mike? The, da- the data and data says that forced reading <laughs> does it kills the love of reading, and and that's why here in our building where they try to have the the book club reading and the, mm-hmm. the choice that students have yeah. the options. Yes, there are required titles, but there's also a lot of choice built in because I think what happens is. Kids, you know, think about it. Back in elementary school, what did every kid love to do? They love to go to the book fair yes. and they love to go to the library. Their favorite yeah. subject, other than maybe PE, is their favorite thing to go mm-hmm. do. And then all of a sudden, something happens in middle school and they don't. Right. Other than like the minority handful of kids. And it's because all of a sudden, everyone associates reading with something they hated yeah. being forced to read. I, listen, I was forced to read The Odyssey in 12th grade. Hated it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hated it. And luckily for me, I crawled, clawed through and realized this isn't what every book is like. And, um, you know, so I think the, I get it. Not everyone has that same love that we do, but if you're out there, we'd love to know what yeah, your go-to absolutely. book, what made a difference in your life. Like you said, books made a difference in your life. Do you want to talk a little bit about what just your feelings on the importance of reading again, outside of academic, uh, requirements or classes? Yeah. So I try to, you know, in the intro of the show, I always try to clue in what I'm going to talk about. I did a little Denzel quote from training day and, I'm bringing another Denzel movie up right now, Hurricane. So I'm teaching this reading class right now. And one of the things that I I try to show this one part of a movie he was in called Hurricane where he talks about the power of writing and its magic. And for those of you who don't know the story of Hurricane, it's based upon the life of this boxer who was wrongfully imprisoned. 
And he's speaking to this other young man, and he talks about the magic of writing. And he is able to transcend mentally the walls of the prison by his writing. And as he's out there, he encounters, as he's transcending these walls, obviously not literally, he encounters all these famous authors, Dostoevsky, Huey Newton, uh, Nelson Mandela, Emil Zola, so forth and so on. And he, that's the power of reading to him. And I show the students this, and, and Mike, I'm telling you, you can see them sort of light up. Like, this is powerful, and it's it's not something, you know, I am kind of get off my lawn guy in a sense with the stuff that I think kids are reading right now on Twitter. It's probably not even Twitter. It's something else. But I, I'm like, you guys, you don't get this in your phone. You don't get this power, this magic that Denzel is talking about in this scene. And, and you know, you can see it. it. It impacts them. And at least for that moment, they could see it. And for me, that's what the power of reading has done for me. And I'm hoping to impart that to the kids at least a little bit. So that's what, that's the importance to me. Beyond test scores, like you can really, you can learn about what was going on in the ages. You could learn about the thoughts of some of the greatest thinkers of all time by just picking up this book and, and immersing yourself in that world, at least for a little while. And I think if we could just stress, you know, and, I, and that's what I try to do in the library stuff on the showcase. I tweet stuff out. I, I just try to let, I, I let kids come and tell me what they want. We try to plug, you know, come and get this item. You know, if with some, if they can find just that one book that all of a sudden say, hey, this isn't that bad. Who knows what it could do and can open up yeah. a lifelong of reading. Me personally, I, I, I like the tweet and I retweeted it this weekend. Roop Raj, Fox 2 News reporter put two images, a picture of a person like holding a book with a cup of coffee and another guy looking at his phone and his tweet is, one is considered thoughtful and the other is yeah. considered as rude. Reading is reading regardless of where you, whether, where you do it. And I know you sort of mentioned I'm that. Kind of defeating the purpose. Yeah, right, right. But right. I, I agree with him. To a, I agree with him. I start every morning off. I get up quite early. If it's nice out, I'll take a walk. And then I get, I, have, I get up way earlier than I have to. And, I, and this is a good routine I have. So even if it, like this morning it was a little wet and rainy, I didn't do the walk, but I got up, had breakfast, and every morning it's the same thing. I'll sit at my counter in my k- kitchen and I'll read the free press. I subscribe to the free press. I'll read the local free press um, on my phone. Um, I go to drudgereport.com because it's just a news agitator, of uh, uh, aggregator of all kinds of different news stories from right, left, center. Mm-hmm. I, I like it so I, can, so I know what's going on in the world. Yeah. And I do that every morning. Then I hit CNN.com and then, I, and then I, that's my morning. So I read all my news on my phone before I even come, to, come into work. And it's considered – that's just routine. It's what I do Sunday through Sunday. And I don't, but I also enjoy, like I said, I tried back in the whole, and when I got my first um, iPad, reading like some ebooks just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So, like books, like I said, we have some, it's, we're doing some March's reading month. I have two on my desk right now that I'm reading. I'm going to grab a third. I already, we've already talked on reading the book. Now, we've plugged this book so many times, yes. Blood in the Garden. Yeah. But I have that already pegged for our flight to France. I'm going to be reading that, um, read as we, because that's one of my favorite things to do on a flight is, is to read. Um, so, I, I, I just think the importance of celebrating any type of reading is good. Whether, and I, again, we built a huge graphic novel sub area here in the library. Some people look down on graphic novels. Oh, it's a comic book. It's still reading. Mm-hmm. And I can, I'll get behind any sort of reading that is because, like you said, and, and again, I want to start again. I'm not doing this because of the SAT. Right. That, that is right. not my right. – I'm sorry, college board. I'm sorry. There you go. Whatever, your days are numbered anyway. <laughs> I mean the writing's on the wall. You, <laughs> again. Your days are numbered. We all know that. The universities don't need you. Nobody does. All right. But um, the, the, if people are reading, they're improving their vocabulary. Yeah. They're, they're learning about other things. That's all that I, I'm happy with. If you do better on the SAT because of it, more power to you. So yeah. um, 
you know, great talk. I, I'm I obviously I'm, I could geek out about this and go on for like another thirty minutes. Our our listeners may not want that. They may want what's next though if they're twenty one or older. Yes, twenty one so, or older, you have to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it, it we are coming up. Last week we were leaning up towards Fat Tuesday. Next week, of course, is St. Patrick's Day. Are you Irish at all? Any Irish? Any in no you? Irish. In no me. Irish in me at all either. No. Um, but it is St. Patrick's Day, um, quote unquote, one of the biggest um, bar days of the year, right? Correct. Um, and so I figured, what a good overrated, underrated topic to bring us to would be overrated, underrated. I don't want to say bar nights. I'm just going to say bar outings or bar day. You know, that way it gives you more freedom to look at it. Um, I think we I, – and I think this is going to be funny because I think it's going to vary by age and experience. You know, yeah. what, what a 21- or 22-year-old may think is going to be different than what yes. we think, which may be different than what my dad thinks in his 70s. Right, right, okay, right. so which, which is totally fine. So you're getting going to get the feedback from two guys in their 40s who have lived the – uh, the twenty we we did the wooden nickel story already, yes. right? Yes. Um, so, what? Let's start with overrated, as we always do. What is your overrated sort of bar night bar experience? Uh, you know, I, I, I played around with a lot of thoughts on this. One of them was going to be the the old days, so to speak, when you'd come home and you'd smell like smoke. That yeah. was always oh. awful. You know, I guess that's that's no offense a, to the smokers out there. That's gone unless you're in the casinos. Yeah. So listen, Mike, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up here because my overrated and underrated are actually the same thing. Okay. So I'm gonna go both ways here. All right. And I'm gonna start with my underrated. I know this this oh, broke, you're really protocol. Okay. 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 All right. That's my, fine. My underrated you're, is. Well, aren't they the same thing? So they are. Okay. But you're gonna give the reason. I'd rather oh. give yes. Okay. So I got it. I can remember the '04 finals. Dear Lord, that seems so long ago now. When the Pistons were playing, for those of you who don't know, it was the Pistons Lakers. And being at a bar when your team is and the hometown team is playing in a big game, it is wonderful. It is, yes. you know, you, you, the unity of the bar behind this home team is absolutely amazing. And so for me, my underrated is that when your home team is playing a huge game and you're at a bar, that's, that's, it's, it's such a cool atmosphere. It, it, you know what? I, that, I didn't even. That didn't even enter my thought process for either of mine, and I think that's a great suggestion. And maybe because we just haven't had it here, it's been so long. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say like on Michigan, Michigan State football day, it's probably a little bit like that. But you know, because you're still divided. Yeah, but, but I mean, like I can't. I mean, like do you? And I doubt. I think most people knew, like even like the Michigan playoff football game, knew people knew what was going to happen there. And if they didn't, they learned it by the, yeah by the first play, drive. first quarter. Yeah. But I think I'm thinking back to when I was in my 20s, and we'd go, and I don't even like the wings. All right, and we go to places, and there were Stanley Cup finals games on, and places and places were just absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. And we haven't had that's a you talk about another thing that's just sort of I guess the last one most recently would us have been the Tiger series, but I baseball's was just a little, gonna say, well, you know what? I went out for the Tigers Yankees game five, I want to say it was like 2013, it was in New York, and the Tigers yeah. won that game. Game five was the last game of that series in the first round, and that was a pretty cool atmosphere. But it was a Monday night, so there w- yeah, it wasn't. And baseball just it doesn't. I mean, it's you're not on the edge of your right, seat. I right. mean, it's it, it, it's a different type of. Yes. But we still haven't had much. I mean, yes. but you're right. I think if the town is unified and it's a. I mean, could you just imagine the Lions in an NFC Championship game and being at a local place on a Sunday? No, you know what I think? I think of the movie Major League when at the end of the movie when they're showing the bars, uh, you know, the Cleveland bars. Yeah. So so that would be – and so let me transition now to my overrated. Okay, yeah, you just take care of both. Right? Yeah, 
It's when your team is playing a big game. Okay. Because especially if they're losing, then people start to irritate you. Yeah. And <laughs> Do you stay? That, right. You got the know-it-alls that can tell you exactly why they're losing. And maybe I'm that guy too. So I, my overrated is the exact same thing. I'm sure I'm going to get blasted for this, for not yeah. for always riding the fence. Riding the fence. But uh, truly, I mean, on this one, it can be the greatest thing, but it can also be the worst thing if your team is losing or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, but I just think, I mean, how, are you talking like, man, like think about those play when they show clips and these places are like packed outside on the street and it's like thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be, plus you're waiting forever to get a beverage and it's bathroom lines. Yeah, and, and when your team's losing, it makes that wait seem worse. that much longer, yep. the bathroom oh, that much yeah. more annoying. Yep, and then the experts. Yeah. Pointing it out. Okay. Um, mine are not the same. I have two different ones. So my overrated, um, and I went back, and I don't think St. Patrick's Day is overrated. I get it. It's a holiday. It's an it's a tradition for an, uh, a group from a certain country, and uh, and and, right. and 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 it's you know there's food involved and there's good music usually. Yeah. So I you know I get it. It's it, I think it's a pretty, but it's not my overrated or my underrated. I think it's just a, it's a, and I really think uh, it's good for the bar industry. I mean they got hammered Absolutely. a few years ago. Lit not you know not bad choice of words I guess. But when COVID shut down, it was right before St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> the funny and choice it, of words. And it's right. It's one of their biggest days of the year. I mean talk about it. So I hope that everyone does go out and celebrate safely. My overrated though is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, which I remember being in my 20s and 21, and I thought it would be such a cool night. But looking back on it now as an adult, it's really not that great of a night. Uh, uh, First of all, the weather in this part of the country, it's a lousy weather night. It's cold. It's miserable. It's a Wednesday night. You're probably doing something for Thanksgiving the next day. So if you go overboard, the and again, we've talked. We've did our Thanksgiving show. It's one of the best eating days yep. of the year. What's the last thing you want to be on Thanksgiving? Hungover. hungover and, you do yeah. not want to be hungover on Thanksgiving. Uh, no matter how much you get to sleep in the next day, you're off. I it, again, it's and again, I think I know it's it's sort of got its mantra as a big bar night because everyone's home from, yeah, college. from college. So I get that maybe for like the 21, 22 year olds. But why are like thirty three year olds like I, what purpose is it? You see the people you're hanging out with. I mean, are pretty much the same people going on, you know. So to me, it's just combined with the fact that it negatively impacts Thanksgiving is to me is an overrated night. I I get that. And Thanksgiving is a holiday, too, that tends to start earlier. Lions play early. Yep. The yes. parade. We talked. We did all those yes. things. The parade. Yeah. The city. Of Detroit. Yeah. Like, I don't. And again, it's it's and again it's and it's it's night. It's cold. You know, it's a cold. I mean, obviously now maybe I'd feel differently if I was in San Diego or right. Las Vegas. But again, and I don't. And I'm curious too. And I, and I know most of our listeners are local. I wonder if it is this still a big deal nowadays? Because I don't go out on that night. Is it still a big deal? And is it a big deal like in other parts of the country? Is it always a big? I mean, I think it is because I see tweets biggest bar night of the year. You know, bar night of the year. So. There's really nothing going on. Well, I, I I know for sure there's we have at least one listener. D, I'm talking to you in Arizona. Yeah, tell us about the bar night. Yeah, there. Ari- yeah. Let us know because if it's yeah. big, if around Arizona State, I might go down there. I don't yeah, know, who knows? It's, it's your place. Yeah. All right, my underrated, my underrated is sort of an unexpected bar night. And what do I mean by or unexpected bar experience? Those are usually the best. And what I mean by that is like having a drink at the airport bar before you're going away hmm. on a vacation. Um, having a drink on, when you land and touch down at the first bar that's a nice place on the beach or whatever. Um, any, and again, as I'm getting older, anything that involves daytime celebrations. You know, it used to always be yeah. like, oh, what time are we going out? Well, we got a pregame. We'll pregame. We'll get there at 9 p.m. Well, now I'm sort of like, I like this 2, 3.30 yeah. in the afternoon. The sun's out. Sun's it's a nice there. day. So underrated to me are things that you never really plan to be a big deal but turn out to be this sort of 
refreshing, relaxing. And again, I don't want it to be like eight. I, you know, like I said, you're sit- when we went to Mexico last year, my kids laughed at me because they wanted uh, breakfast. I went up to the thing, got them, you know, a breakfast, and then I'm like, I'll take a uh, Tito's and orange juice, <laughs> and, you know. And that's how I started off my. And it was one of the, it was just relaxing. What time was this? I think our flight took off at eight thirty a.m. Oh but, wow, you know, it was noon somewhere. Okay, um, but again, unexpected fun times that usually involved the daytime. <laughs> so I'm not tired yeah. and ruined and cranky the next day. So that's my underrated uh, bar, bar okay. experience, especially vaca- on vacation. That first drink you have at a bar somewhere on vacation is always the best. I'm waiting to hear. We, I, I want I want some comments on this, too. I want to hear what the listeners have oh, to yeah, say. I'm sure. I, I mean, if I'm a, you know, look, if you're 42 and still going out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, yeah. more power to you. I I, I Congratulations. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying, uh, again, I, 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 St. Patrick's Day follows in my rules. Like, if you're off and you can go during the day and catch a little bit of an NCAA tournament game, more power yeah. to you. It's a, it's, a, it's a good time. Right. You know, so there it is. Okay. All right. That was our overrated, underrated this week. Um, hopefully, everyone celebrates St. Patrick's Day safely and the tournament safely in these next coming weeks. Uh, what is your hot mic for the week, Mike? All right. So, my mail went to my mailbox on Friday and. You're not going to believe what showed up there, but the Yellow Pages. <laughs> so I, th- this is a two-parter. Number one, does anybody still use this? I, I, I want to hear from any listener, do you still use the Yellow Pages? And number two, now now I, I don't know if I've gotten one of these in a few years. I can remember maybe 2017 or 18 getting one showing up on the front porch. But is there anything more antiquated than the yellow that is still a part of us that I, like i cannot think of anything i've been what do we do that's pointless that we still do I, the, I mean, well there's plenty of stuff that's out there now the yellow page it's funny i didn't get one but the last i remember the last time i got one it was garbage night yeah. and i was walking by <laughs> i had it in my hand i walked right to the recycling bin and yeah. just dropped it in the recycling exactly bin. Like what that, i, did, I like took that. from my mailbox to the recycling bin I also, and when you brought this up, and I didn't get one this week, thankfully, I, I laughed and I thought about um, that I still have a landline. Yeah. And, and I get frustrated this weekend because I was joining some new, and, I, and I've slowly now phased out, stop using the home line as my, whenever I do something now and they ask my phone number, I'm always using my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Always. Just because I, yeah. my goal is to phase out this f- right. home phone line, which I have just because it's a part of the Comcast triple option. And I think that even if I drop it, my bill wouldn't even go down. You right. Know? So it's like, whatever, it's there. 99% of the time, I don't answer it if it's someone calling on it. So don't bother calling right. it. And I, I, the phone book, I, I can't – and again, I remember back in the day, it cost a lot of money for a company to pay to be in the phone yeah. book. Like in the yellow pages. Like if you I should have flipped this open to, to see so are if there's any Are these places actually paying for this? I, I, I'm curious. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm assuming there were advertisements in there, but I didn't open it. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine taking the time to actually flip through a book and look up a phone number. I, I, I'm stunned that I got one. I, I still, this, it, to me, it's the equivalent of like a video store. Was it dated 2021, 22? Or was this like a prank? Maybe someone found like an 18 or 17. I don't, again, I didn't look. So mm-hmm. I was just stunned. This, this, this totally caught me off guard. Yeah, that, I'd love to hear from listeners if anyone, you know, 
I, I, other than what people like, well, that's like a big sign of training, right? Like if you can rip one in half. Isn't that like what the strong oh. men do? Like maybe, maybe they're the only ones that want to use yeah. phone books now. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Okay. Um, my hot mic take, I want to give a huge shout out this last Friday here at Carlson High School, uh, a combination of elements and groups between Pep Club and NHS, I believe, um, with our staff sponsors of Miss Evie Crampton, our first mm-hmm. guest, uh, Mr. Patrick Rice, Patrick Rice, who we talk about, and Miss Kelly Walters, oh, yes. uh, one of the great counselors here, um, along with Bailey McGuire, a senior here at Carlson High School and some other students put on a carnival for a cause. Alyssa Cam, yep. Yep. Um, Carnival for a cause, which um, was all spearheaded and student run. And it was a opportunity for the members, people in the community to come. And there was just booths set up in various games that different student groups and some outside adult groups and companies, but a lot of student groups set up and use it as a way to raise money for Special Olympics. And I attended, I popped in twice actually because my daughter was doing um, something for um, was running a couple uh, different cl- uh, groups. One was Downriver Gymnastics, and they're tumbling. And um, we went. I wanted to see what she was doing, and then I popped back in, and I, I saw my son, who volunteered to be in the dunk tank um, as one of the as the freshman representative that was going to be in the dunk tank. The dunk tank was a huge success that softball put on. Um, I can't tell you how impressed I was, and part of it, I think, too, is we have all been cooped up for the last two years, mm-hmm. and. People needed this, and it was great to see the community out. I saw Mr. Donaldson here, one of our former coworkers, photographer. Now I gave him all my game tickets for his daughter because I wasn't going to play any games, um, and saw him and the joy on his daughter's face and, and, and the just numerous people, numerous companies doing stuff. And I can't tell you how impressed I am with our students, our staff, the people that put this event on. Um, this was a major league production. Like, you know, we talk about things like yeah. uh, the Trenton Street Fair. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that's the same level, but right. there was a lot no, to this. there was. And the time and effort these adults and kids put on, I, I just want to use my time here to commend these people. I, because, again, here's what happens in education. When something goes wrong, there'll be 100 phone calls and 100 emails and 100 angry posts on Facebook, and the news will be on, and they'll be all over our case. But when something like this happens last Friday – yeah, there's a slap on the back, and people get you know get a nice little blurb and a newsletter and this and that. But most people don't know, right? I, I, you know, there's a big chunk of the population that doesn't know what happened here, and so I'm going to use my time here to again congratulate these people and just again say how darn impressed I am with all the different kids, the football team that put this event on, the, the softball yeah. girls that did the dunk tank, the, the all the different grades, the workers, the workers, yeah. the the DJ. Again, the, my, the, our custodial staff who had to bust their mm-hmm. tail. You know, Mike Darnell was down there. I was talking yep. to him. He was taking part in the games. wasn't angry about having an right. extra work to clean up. And again, all and again, because all the money then went to, or a big chunk of the money went to um, Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great cause. And again, my time. All of you that had something to do with this, and I know we only named a few names. I know right. there's a way more names involved. Probably in it. missed somebody, but and, yeah. But you guys, so impressive. We were the community hub that day. That, that we was, like, and that's what a so school is awesome. supposed to be, and yeah. we're supposed to be back at that. Right. And our kids deserve a lot of credit. I, I, I'm just so thankful. Parents for bringing their kids. Yeah, and, and you know, and again, congratulations. Yeah. And again. It's not, it wasn't like it was all just a fundraiser and this money go, This money was going to a great cause that will help other kids that need to have fun events and do things that will go on and put those on and do those. those. So congratulations. Don't stop doing that. I told the kids before, if, if you hear anything negative, don't worry about it because I'm telling you right now, it was a great event. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so um, that's my hot mic. Um, what do you – what do we hear is what we have to wrap up with this week. We have our coffee mug winners. Yeah. We have, we, we have all – we actually have a pass the mic – 
mug right here in the center of the table. All of the entries have been put in there. We are going to draw three lucky winners. Um, if we if we call you out, and we'll you'll we'll know Friday, and we'll get in touch with you, and we will ship you your mug or deliver it if you're local. Um, do you want to draw the first uh, winner? First winner is oh, awesome, Elizabeth Pate. Congratulations to Elizabeth, one of our loyal listeners. She actually talked to me at the carnival. She has an early shift, and it's, our 6 a.m. release time is too late for too her. Late. Yeah. So she has to wait till she's driving home from Ann Arbor for that. All right, winner number two. You can only win one, by the way. We, remember, you could share the or review, and some people are in this mug twice. So our next winner, oh, middle school coach. Kathy Gregory awesome. Filkins, thank you for sharing the episode. That's a quick delivery. We can just yeah, walk it I'll down there. Over there. All right, right you're going to last one. Grab the third. Yep. Okay, I'll just take Remember, so. All right. Who do we got? And the winner is Dennis Schooley. Oh, Schoolhouse. Uh-huh. We're going to have to hit the post office. <laughs> we can get this to him. He's We're in gonna, Indiana. We'll get that. We'll, Schoolhouse, we'll get that to you in Indiana. Look at that. We got That's nice. We got two local and yeah. uh, one outside. Another of state. one. There's another person listening from out of state. Yeah, so, so yeah, Schoolhouse, what's bar yeah. night like on the Wednesday before uh, yeah. Thanksgiving? Right. Um, so congratulations to our winners. Now, we have tentatively lined up our first student guest next week. Um, we are going to bring in Josh Anderson, current 10th grader. Um, that sort of pushed, gave us our push, right? Yeah. Um, yes, he did. We were he invited. We were talking in your classroom last year about a YouTube channel, and he mentioned how, um, you know, how great this channel was on mm-hmm. basketball, and it actually was. I was sort of downplaying it. Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to give too much weight. We're right, talk about right, it next right, week, right, right. but so we figured Josh would be a great first guest, and then Braden Levis, senior here at Carlson, also a member in the, in the basketball program. Good luck at districts this week. Yeah. Um, they are going to be on next week. So next week we're going to have that, just a little student input. Um, we're going to talk maybe about extracurriculars and how sports played a role in their schooling. But also, since they're both basketball players, we're going to be our NCAA uh, um, episode as well. Yeah. That we're going to tie that into our overrated, underrated. Sure. So that sounds like what we're going there. What do you want to wrap up with this week? We're heading into the Big Ten tournament time. Is that what we're going? Is there anything else? I don't, I mean, no. You know, I, I, you know, let me give a, a shout-out. Um, I lost somebody or we lost a, somebody that was close to a lot of people that I know are listening. Uh, Todd Baum, a prominent member of the Taylor community, prominent family, passed away way too young. So I wanted at least uh, we may have a listener in the family. I wanted to acknowledge that, um, mention him. More on that next week in my hot mic. But for now, I just want to acknowledge Todd. Right. Very nice of you. Um, like I said, we're going to have our episode next week with um, some more guests. Uh, we're going to try to lock in our international episode coming up uh, soon as well. That's coming up later this month. Um, I guess I'm supposed to give a, um, a, a plug in the AP U.S. government vote for Kareem for Senate. I don't know what that's all about, but they wanted they bought some air, go, they, bought, they bought some airtime on uh, pass the mic for that. Um, we hope everyone has a great week. Um, be safe and thanks for listening. Thanks.